You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a special edition of Minding Our Business as we say so long to the tournament uh, on the men's side. Someday, I'm sure, we'll dive inside the finances of what's going on with the women. Uh, but uh, March Madness NCAA Tournament, congratulations to Virginia, all our friends in the ACC, including where we record our show at the University of Miami, all happy because there's some money coming into the conference. Uh, speaking of the University of Miami, the fine doctor, Wendy Dees, with us here as always on the program. It's good to see you again. Good to see you, and much love to the ACC, like you said. <laughs> at Miami, we certainly appreciate the who's right now. Absolutely. We'll have to break that down someday, of how all this money gets uh, distributed. But first, let's start off in this uh, NCAA special that we're going to throw down here. Uh, we'll get to our, our monthly installment of the entire world of sports biz, hashtag sports biz, in uh uh, it, it, it's all dropping at the same time. So just listen to this and then click over and listen to the next one. It's going to be an hour of power for you. Uh, but let's start off with uh, some information you dug up uh, that knocked my socks off. I guess I knew this, but I didn't know this. It's one of those things. You believe the NFL always has the most money and the best deal and everything going down. But this is a this is a boondoggle, right? Like this is not not that anybody was cheating anyone, but the current agreement between CBS and Turner with the NCAA is almost a billion dollars a year, $771 million a year. And and then there's an extension in here that you're going to tell us about that's going to take this over a billion dollars. Yeah, so currently the NCAA, with their original agreement, is making $771 million a year off of their rights fees contract. It's by far and away how the NCAA subsidizes all their different levels, Division One, Two, and Three. Uh, for the student athletes, but the extension that they tacked onto that takes the NCAA's revenue for the first time up to $1.1 billion a year, primarily from this big contract extension. It goes from uh, 2025 through 2032, and then we're going to get into this, obviously, Jax, mm -hmm. but all the other revenue that surrounds the NCAA men's basketball tournament with sponsorships is also an incredible amount of money that this month-long tournament generates. And so the NCAA really survives the whole organization top to bottom off the men's March Madness basketball revenue. And it's just amazing how that's just such an important component of how they operate financially. So you have uh, the NBA deal, which is almost $2 billion, NFL uh, a little bit more than that. But here's the deal. This is where I'm stunned and most impressed. 
it's the ad revenue that comes through, that there is an actual profit of what, almost what, 200, maybe a little over $200 million for CBS and Turner? Yeah. So sponsorship ad revenue is actually steadily increasing each year to the tune of about three to five percent since 2014, mm. which is incredible because they were already doing a substantial amount of ad revenue previous to that. But the 2018 tournament pulled in $1.32 billion uh, in national TV ad revenue. And if you think about that, it's not really that staggering because our entire country is focusing on this tournament for an entire month. They have a captive audience, CBS and Turner. Yeah, CBS and Turner and all their uh, affiliates for an entire month. And everyone's tuned into these channels, especially in the first two weeks of the tournament. Um, but then when you get to the Elite Eight and Final Four, um, they have huge ratings. They're down a little bit this year. Obviously, the Zionless Final Four was not exactly what they wanted. But while he was in the tournament, uh, there was just so much, such high ratings and so many people tuned in. And it was another great year for the NCAA with ratings and revenue. And I don't see that changing over the next few years, even with the NBA um, taking players now earlier and we're going to see the one and done go away. I still think the ratings are going to be there because there's nothing like the NCAA basketball tournament. Nothing at all. And it should be just like that for college football. Another show. Another show. I got a tournament ready for Another that. show, yeah, another absolutely. time. That'll be in the fall. We'll bring that to you. So just in case I was confusing off the top, let's just do this in comparison, all right? That you have the NFL postseason that drew almost a little over $1.6 billion in ad revenue. They pay or they receive, I should say, their network friends get together and pay them $5 billion. So they, the, the imbalance there, you can see, uh, for the NBA, $970 million against the $2.7 billion. I didn't, I didn't know about the point seven. I didn't know there was that extra $700 million rolling around. Yes. Uh, that's, that's, good. that's important to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, billions make it so ridiculous. Like, think about that. To the right of the decimal, that's hundreds of millions. Okay? So that thing is crazy. And then uh, baseball on the backside of this. They had $468 million. We're not crying for them in that space, but, you know, it's $1.38 billion that is paid to put those games on. So this, this, when you look at it in that particular prism, you see exactly why. It is just get the wheelbarrows out, get your umbrella, get a bag, and just grab cash because it's falling out of the sky if you're Turner and CBS. And it's amazing to think that we're talking about the NCAA rivaling the NFL in their postseason ad revenue, but that's that's what's happening in March and April uh, with people tuning in to the men's basketball tournament. So the NCAA, uh, NCAA is not hurting at all for revenue in that space, but again, they have to operate several different levels of their business that none of us see on TV. We don't see Division Two or Division Three, and, and they're paying all the expenses on that. So that money gets distributed a lot of different ways. We, we talked about that in our last episode, but yeah, it's just, it's amazing that a college tournament is rivaling the NFL in terms of the revenue that they're bringing in from sponsors and advertisers. Next topic, we keep it in the money, but we're going to break it down team by team. So we're not going to dive inside the ridiculous dynamic of uh, student-athletes that generate this type of money not getting paid, but it might come up because <laughs> the schools are making so much money. As we know, thanks to our friends at Forbes, the Big Ten and the ACC dominate this uh, from a financial standpoint. Obviously, for the Big Ten, they have their own network. 
obviously for the ACC, basically have ESPN, and and now are launching their own network. But some of the schools that hopefully you'll run down the list for us, Doc, uh, it, it's interesting because there's ones that will feel obvious, but at the top of the list, that, that surprised me. So go ahead and let the folks in on the secret. It's surprising to me, too, um, until I look at the numbers. It's surprising <laughs> when you just look at the names. And even in sports, we tend to think that values are just based on brand names. And so if you're watching the tournament every year, you might – expect Duke and UNC and those two teams to be up at the top or it's just a theory of recency whoever's winning recently we expect to see them float right to the top but when you're just talking about long-term values of basketball teams or any athletic program from a financial standpoint the revenue behind the scenes is what really drives the value for these programs and the programs that have the big TV rights deals Believe it or not, the ones that have the big apparel deals, mm. Jax, are also ones that are highly valued, and we don't talk about that as much. So that money slips in there mm-hmm. and and boosts what they're worth. But so the top five uh, men's uh, basketball programs by value, uh, number one, Louisville. Mm. Got through the scandal, right? Got through the coach getting fired, AD getting fired. Hadn't been to the tournament in a minute, right? Yeah, but all, all that money was secured before uh, the scandal there with Patino. <laughs> money and that money, that money's still there. That money's not going anywhere. <laughs> it didn't leave with Patino, so they still sit atop the value rankings. Number one, Louisville. Number two, Kentucky. Not surprising there. Number three, Indiana. Yeah. Still one of the most valuable men's basketball programs in the country. And they haven't won in forever. (laughs) And I've got a lot of friends and colleagues at IU, and I love the Hoosiers. Um, But I'm sure they can uh, they can attest to the value of that program in that in that state. Duke comes in at number four, which I think would surprise a lot of people. And Kansas is at number five. And if you're wondering what the numbers are attached to that. Louisville up at the top is bringing in annual revenues in basketball of $52 million. Wow. And then their profit is number one, too, right? Is that what we're seeing there as well? Absolutely. At, uh, what, almost $30 million in profit? $30 million. They're claiming $30 million in profit out of that, wow. out of that 52. And this is men's basketball. We're not talking about football. We're talking about hoops here. You know, Louisville has that big Adidas a deal valued around $11 million a year. That's astounding. So there's just a lot of money still running through that program. And so, like I said, I think brand-wise, people see what's going on with that program. They're in a little bit of turmoil. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. And you just think that that must hurt them. And, and they are not a tournament that you saw, a team that you saw in the tournament. And so, again, we tend to think that recency and winning are really the things that contribute to value, but these teams have secured rights deals, sponsorships, apparel deals, and that money sticks around. And when we evaluate things by the numbers, the top five are a little different than the top five in end-of-the-year rankings. You had a list for us of the top 20. The thing that's awesome is when you think about a school like Marquette, 
Here's a private school. They're in the Big East, and Big East isn't what it once was for college basketball uh, because you do kind of have all these Catholic schools that have all kind of come. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Together and and have their own conference and have that great deal with Fox. But what they're able to do for their university by being top 20 on this list is pretty impressive. And it knocks my socks off that Alabama can still make almost $10 million in basketball when it's just obviously not the same thing uh, as that football monster that, you know, obviously dwarfs that, but still contributing to the bottom line. I, I can't believe that Illinois in, in the Big Ten is ranked number nine. How, how, are they, how are they in the top ten? Obviously we know they're in the top ten because of uh, – Big Ten has big rights deals, and they probably have a nice uh, apparel contract over there, too, and and sponsorships. And so, like you said, what's going on behind the scenes in the athletic department with the people generating the revenue there on the marketing side, that contributes to the value of the program. And also a lot of these programs have very nice facilities as well, and that contributes to their value. And so some of these teams haven't won in a really long time, and we didn't even see them in the tournament, and they're in the top 20. So their programs are doing great things, whether or not they're seeing success on the hardwood. Next topic, location, location, location. That is what we hear in real estate all the time. We're going to hear it in college basketball, and it's not going to change. Uh, if you look at any other sport and their championship game, all right, they're going to play it in a venue that's appropriate for their sport, all right, but not men's college basketball. It, I guess we don't have to go too far to understand that why would we put 20,000 people in a place where we can put 70,000 and and make more money from the revenue on the ticket. But it is you think about some of the sight lines and you think about the, the dollars that are spent, um, you do catch people in their pure euphoria of being in the Final Four and then advancing to the championship game because I would not – and I, this is me saying if Bowling Green State University made it to the Final Four, I'd go to the city, but I'd watch it in a pub because I cannot deal. Would you with, really? Oh, I would not go to the uh-uh, – I would not sit in, a, in the 400 level of AT&T Stadium acting like I'm enjoying a basketball game. Well, just, I don't, I don't think Jason Jackson would be in the 400 level, folks. <laughs> just <laughs> speaking would, some truth listen, here. I'm not I think, gonna get my feet on the wood either. So if that's the case, I think you might have a credential, and you might. I mean, you're kind of like one of their most prestigious alums, right? Uh, so I'm, I think you're not sitting in the 400 level. Top 70. Okay. Top 70. I believe. Okay, maybe you're in 300 level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, other than ticket revenue, is this any more complicated than that? It's not. It's yeah. bigger is better. Go hmm. big or go home. That's all. That's all it is. So the previous two times, the Final Four was in Minneapolis. They haven't had it since 1992 and 2001, uh, but it took place in the Metrodome even then. Um, And this year it was in the nice, shiny, glitzy, over a billion dollar U.S. Bank Stadium. But I find what's interesting, Jax, is not only are we hosting basketball in a football stadium just in order to generate massive amounts of ticket revenue, but they actually even expand the football stadium and make it bigger when basketball comes to town. They don't even do this for the Super Bowl. So U.S. Bank Stadium holds 66,600. That's 
what they have when the Vikings are playing. Uh, but they actually expand that by 5,000 extra seats, and they went over 70,000 for the basketball tournament. And just, you know, by comparison, if they played across town in the Target Center, they'd only be able to put in about 19,000 or so people. So this almost triples the amount of ticket revenue that they can get. And then obviously they know the more people that are watching, then that goes back to ad revenue and sponsorship dollars and and they want to talk about economic impact for the city. And so there's there's a lot of benefits to having that many people from the financial side. But dear Lord, the sight lines have to be terrible. <laughs> I see pictures people are posting on social media from the top. You can't even see the folks on the court. I so I think, I'm closer to Jim Nance at home. Yes, you than are. they are in the Absol facility. Yeah, so I think it's just it's a bucket list item for people. They want to say they're there. They want to say they're in the building. And this this trend isn't changing. So we already know the next five sites are going to be 2020 Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, 2021 Lucas Oil, 2022 we're back uh, in a Mercedes-Benz Superdome, but now in New Orleans, and then Energy Stadium Houston and State Farm Stadium in Arizona in 2024. It's not changing. It's not changing. No time soon. And again, it's like you said, 70,000 versus 20,000. I will argue, though, before we move on, how awesome the atmosphere would be. And I'm not saying it's not great. The pageantry is awesome visually. But you put that 20,000 people with that intensity from those two schools. Never going to happen. It's not going to happen ever again. No one's moonwalking the situation back. But uh, it is. it would be neat just to feel the shaking, the shimmering, the roof blowing off. With every basket. Oh, yeah. It would feel much more like an NBA final atmosphere. It would be incredible. It's really what basketball is meant to be. But, again, the NCAA knows that they're relying on men's basketball revenue to steer the ship. And so they're not putting 20,000 people in Target Center when they can go to U.S. Bank Stadium and pack almost 75,000 people in there. It's just not going to happen. I can dream, and I will, about other people's money. Next topic, here we go. The final four coaches, and then let's go to the finals coaches and then the championship coach. The bonus structure that's in place for postseason play is no secret, it's nothing new, but it is thick and it is thorough. And I assume Tony Bennett is at the front of the line, Dr. D's on raking it in as the NCAA champion. It was astounding to me to learn that before even making it to the finals, we're not even talking about winning the championship, that Tony Bennett, you know, once he advanced to the final four, Coach Bennett had already accrued $850,000 in performance-based bonuses Hmm. above Hmm. and beyond his salary, which I'm sure is a very handsome salary. Uh, but he had already accrued that amount before he got to the Final Four and before he ever vied for the championship. So we'll get to what else he made on top of that. The icing on the cake is is pretty nice as well. But he and Bruce Pearl are by far and away the two coaches that have the most incentivized contracts. Wow. And, and obviously Bruce Pearl had an incredible run, he and his team, uh, in the tournament as well. Uh, Bruce Pearl is raking in over $600,000 in performance-based incentives just in the tournament. And then you have 
Coach Izzo, um, who has a highly incentivized contract. And almost all of the contracts are very similar, Jax, in that the final four in and of itself is basically paying out a quarter of a million dollars to these coaches if they get to that point. In addition to what they have bonuses getting into the tournament, getting to the Sweet 16, but you really eclipse that quarter of a million dollar mark when you get to the final four. And then when you talk about winning an actual championship, that earned Tony Bennett another half a million dollars. Mm. Tony Bennett, by the way, $4.1 million is his actual salary. And so uh, he, he surged to the max, right? He, he maxed out. He maxed so out. So almost 1.5. Over, yeah, well yeah. over an extra million dollars yeah. winning that championship and that, that wonderful run in the tournament. And again, we're certainly happy for Virginia. But yeah, what what these coaches stand to make in the postseason can equate to 25% of their annual salary yeah. just in performance-based bonuses. That's astounding. I'm looking at the uh, 2019 NCAA coaches pay uh, list that was put together, I believe, by USA Today. And it's interesting. Coach K doesn't have any max bonuses. Jay Wright. And I'm not going to too much further down this list of the top 20 salary-based coaches, basing that list on salary, I should say. Also, Scott Drew at Baylor. Those are the only three coaches in the top 20 that get paid. We should note, uh, man, that's another another topic, but I love the 9.3. My boy Cal makes at Kentucky. And that's why he's not the head coach at uh, UCLA, by the way. But uh, it, it is interesting to go through you know, some of these things that kind of trigger, like you said before, Tony Bennett even got to uh, the Final Four. It was 50000 for just reaching the tournament, 100000 for reaching the Sweet 16. Another $250,000. You can imagine why these coaches are coaching their you-know-what off. I mean, they are fire. Listen, let's be altruistic, these young men that have committed to them. But come on now, two hundred fifty grand to get to the Elite Eight. Final Four is another quarter million. He's going to win probably ACC Coach of the Year. Did that come out already? I'm assuming that already happened. He has to because it's on to. the list. 50000 Right and another hundred thousand on top of that for national coach of the year. So these coaches are getting oh. additional incentives for the awards they're going to win. Also, when their teams collect all this hardware, that's phenomenal. Well, you good, know what? Good for them. We're in the good, wrong business. Exactly. Can we get that for the podcast? That's what we're doing too this month. What about Professor of the Year? Do you think I get a? I probably get like a two hundred and fifty dollar gift card, maybe. Oh man! Well, we hope everybody enjoyed our our, our deep dive into. Uh, all the things that are rolling around in sports biz connected to the NCAA tournament. We don't want you to stop listening, though. We're going to stop and kind of get our act together for the usual installment of the vast world of sports biz and uh, get to it in the next edition of Mind in Our Business. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.